Hey everybody, welcome to On the Homefront. John Murphy here. Have you figured out our show yet? We're here live on WILI on Wednesdays from 5 to 6, AM 1400, 95.3 on the FM. But the thing is, we're video recording right now for the radio station's YouTube channel, so you can get any of our afternoon shows 24-7 to help our guests get their stories out as much as we can. And I'm very happy to have this with you. My name is John Murphy again. And today our program will be in through part, uh, three parts. Uh, we'll talk about the Coventry Arts Guild with Richard White in a little while. We'll close out with an audio recording from a very recent meeting of the Arts, Culture, and Tourism Caucus of the state legislature talking about funding strategies for the arts this year because the session's underway right now. They're kicking around bills all the time. And this meeting will give you an idea of how the caucus is thinking to merge arts, culture, and tourism more cooperatively. But right now we're going to focus on an institution that's very important to us. Many of us know it as connected to the Packing House, a great performance venue. But this is part of a larger historic mill project, and there's an arts gallery and museum built in. And we have the artist in residence for this year to join us today. Her name is Sarah Moon. She's the gallery coordinator. Welcome to the program, Sarah. Thank really you. good to have you here in the studio. Thank you. Great to be okay. here. You can check on her levels. Uh, and she's here for a one-year term that began in February, and she coordinates the different shows throughout the year. Uh, and also we have with us as he, uh, Mark Billiker. He is one of three artists for the opening show that's going to be uh, for the next two months. And Mark, welcome to the program. Thanks for nice having to me. Have you. Alrighty. So before we get into the show coming up, Sarah, talk about your vision for the year. Congratulations on the appointment. Thank you. To get started, yeah. to be able to control and play in a creative space. Yeah, yeah, it's really fantastic and exciting for me and a way to get connected to more artists in the community than I had been before. I'm a playwright. I'm yes. not a visual artist, so right. this is not really my prime area of focus, but um, I have a little experience because I, I worked with an arts advocacy group called Holding Ground for a period of time, and our objective... Was that in Rhode Island? This was uh, started in New York City, but okay. kind of carried with me to Connecticut when okay. I moved up here. Right. Um, and we did a couple of conferences, and our focus was using the arts to help us root ourselves more firmly in our communities and get to know our communities better, um, and had sort of an environmental perspective. So, um, so I had a little experience with that. I coordinated uh, an environmental award with that group called the Agnes Dennis Award. She's a land, a land uh, artist. Um, so I kind of, you know, referred back to that experience and started thinking about what I wanted to do with this year of shows um, at EC CHAP. Um, and, you know, I wanted to find a local artist, obviously. And so I was listening to your show on WECS. Oh, really? And I, yeah, I heard you <laughs> promoting the Molten Lava show back in December. Yes. Um, in in, um, in Willamantic with Phoebe. Yeah, yeah. So I wandered in hoping to find something exciting and I found Mark's work um, and it just it totally captivated me. And I took a picture of one of the images. I said, I'm going to turn back to this as, as someone I want to reach out to for one of the first shows. Um, so, so I contacted him and luckily he was game to, to do this and um, we decided that given the number of pieces that he had, it would make sense to have a couple other artists uh, brought in and so... Sure. He reached out to a couple other two. Sure. So I want to give you some information to follow up on everything we're talking with Sarah about today. The website is www.wec-chap.org. E-C. 
That's the Eastern Connecticut Center for History, Art, and Performance, ECHAP.org. You can follow the schedule all throughout the year. So, Mark, congratulations on the pending program. Maybe you can mention uh, your work with two-dimensional imagery and digital media, mm -hmm. and then you can briefly talk about your other two partners for the show, and maybe give us an idea of your opening date. You'll have a couple of months from your opening, which is soon, I gather, right? Yeah. What you're hanging this week or next, I gather? Yes. Okay. Hanging, uh, yeah, later on this Tomorrow. week. All right. <laughs> Tomorrow it is. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the, the work that I'm putting up I refer to as house portraits. It's, uh, it's uh, I'm not exactly sure how best to describe it. It's uh -huh. other than house portraits. It's pictures of houses uh, blended with uh, portraits of people in a way that uh, it looks like the house itself um, is personified. Interesting. And so the the technique is uh, primarily photography, kind of like using Photoshop with different layers and uh, using different painterly techniques to uh, blend the layers together. So it's kind of matting and pixelating and things all together at the same time. And using uh, different transparencies so that uh, even with those images... There's, there's more stuff in there if, uh, yeah. if you look. Now, when you look at a house, do you have any time when you play with the seasons of the year and the environment around the house? Or do you really focus on the object and what's in it? It's, kind of it's kind of a combination. It, it yeah. sort of it, each one is different. And, and so with each one, it, it depends upon the house. It depends upon uh, the, the, the portrait it's mm -hmm. uh it's like each each one is sort of uh, an adventure and discovery in that uh, i don't even if i have an idea of where i want it to go or where it wants to go right uh i'm not necessarily sure how it's going to end up looking until it's done yeah, it can make a change the way you look at houses when you're driving around the neighborhood. <laughs> Indeed, because the person, yeah. the face, the shape, does it have gables? How steep is the roof? How many windows? Right, that kind of thing. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. It, it also gives uh, an interesting view on people too, in that uh, we often assume that uh, what you see is what you get, but uh, with these portraits, that's also trying to suggest that there's a whole lot more going inside than uh, we necessarily see on the outside. I also want to mention E.C. Chap is just a few miles north of us, up on Route 32, going north towards Wellington, right where the packing house is in that area. Uh, now, there are two other partners for this exhibit. Can you give us a little preview of the other two? Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the people is uh, Kelly Martinez, who uh, does some amazing pictures of uh, what seems to be uh, places in transition or abandoned places. Uh, and just her, her, her imagery, her, her, her photographic technique is at times just mm. stunning. Photography. Yeah. Uh, and the other artist uh, has a series uh, referred to as, uh, I think it's Shopping Carts of Willimantic. Oh, yes. and, and with that, it's... Uh, Says it all. So, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's they have awesome. An, yeah, they have an Instagram feed. Shopping carts of Willimantic, <laughs> and with that, it's a, a it's a, a wonderful look. It just the combination of different locations in yeah. Willimantic with the shopping carts and wow. the the imagery. It, it it conveys more than than I can say. 
Yeah, a little uh, subversion in there, a little uh, Tom Jode in there, maybe. <laughs> uh, keeping Willimantic weird. Indeed, yeah. as they say. Okay, a case for the baskets. The baskets. <laughs> They're taking over. Uh, well, that's great. So, if you go to the website, you can find out more about the artist. Are there any other thoughts you have as we get towards spring? Are you planning now for that? Do you have an idea of perhaps people from different towns? Or how do you decide how things come together? Yeah, well, I have a few folks that I've reached out to. Um, I have a friend who's a photographer based in Holyoke. Okay. Um, and he does um, really, really gorgeous um, nature photography in the area. Um, so he, he's made it a practice to go camping at least once a month, the sort of a commitment he made last year. Wow. And so he, he does a lot of photography on these camping ventures, solo camping ventures. So I reached out to him and I said, do you want to do something? And he said, yeah, actually, and I would like to start taking photographs with a particular theme in mind. Um, so he wanted a little bit more time. So that'll be coming up in the fall. For our next show, which would be May, June, uh -huh. um, I am open and I'm hoping to meet somebody possibly yeah. through through our opening events coming up on Friday, March 3rd. Um, I or hear just opportunity the... knocking. <laughs> yes, knocking. if someone hears you. this show and thinks, I want this opportunity, yeah. be in touch with me. I would love to hear from you. Uh -huh. um, so I'm not sure the best way to to put that out there but you can if you go to the ec chap website um you'll find contact email there um reach out because we are looking for artists is that a good one to use yeah that's great um yeah oh. if you want to share that yeah it's called the community gallery at ecchap.org ec-chap.org and you can send all the information maybe some background or photos to uh, sarah or the staff is there to uh and I wanted to mention, too, um, because I think when we initially talked, we didn't have a name for the show, but we decided huh. on Spirits of Place. Um, and Mark okay. and I kind of got talking, you know, as we were determining the, um, the theme for the show. And, you know, his work looks at these homes. Um, Kelly's work looks at these abandoned places. The shopping carts kind of create this different perspective on the places that they're situated mm -hmm. so we th we thought about this idea of of bringing to life or, or bringing to mind what might be invisible or overlooked when you're thinking of things in a more functional way wow. um and and what got to us on that as well was that i had just moved into a new house and i said you know i feel like i feel the energy of the prior owners it's not ghosts because mm -hmm. these people are still alive somewhere right. else as far as we know they are right <laughs> pretty positive yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's something it's like something is there mm -hmm. you know um, so we talked about that, and, you know, that's, and I think that's what's so cool about his work is like it gets you thinking about the spiritual energy that's animating that house that, yeah. that you, you know, can't see just from the outside. Or sometimes if a house doesn't have as much, you wonder what happened there that didn't leave as much behind, right? Yeah. Uh, either way, that's part of the experience of the space. But copying it and translating it into the image of a house It'll change people's frame when they're driving around because now you'll see little faces. That's really clever. <laughs> That's really great. That's uh, the work of Mark Beloker. So I want to give the website again, www.ec-chap.org, to follow Sarah. And maybe we'll have you back in the spring when you figure out more of a plan to bring yeah. on another artist. Also, thepackinghouse.us is the website for the venue with all the great music programs they have. You may know that they did a nice campaign to raise money for Ukraine.
And there's stuff on the website now, because I went to it today to look. There's still information about supporting Ukraine on their website, which is really a nice thing to do. Uh, are there any last things you wanted to share that I haven't asked about, about your work or what you hope to do? <laughs> um, I'll just mention one um, yeah. show that I have planned for August is an artist friend of mine. She's actually based in New York, but we grew up together outside of Milwaukee. And she does um, a series of paintings called Magic Leaf Paintings. So she uses leaves that she collects just on wax um, and translates them to a, a painting and, and ink chooses ink and paint mm -hmm. um, these beautiful really color rich uh, works and what she would like to do is offer a workshop to the community on how to make these pieces themselves nice. so we're going to be figuring out how to arrange that and exactly mm -hmm. when to schedule that but that'll be late summer mm -hmm. um, that that'll be happening well over the summer we'll have you on to talk about that because those yeah. kinds of you know, workshops that are very, you know, unusual. People will go if they know about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's just we'll letting people, you know, to find out. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the new position and on your opening. I wish you a great season ahead. And uh, we'll have Sarah back later in the year as her work moves forward, along with uh, folks from uh, the Packing House as well. All righty. We're going to continue now our show. We'll take a short break, and we'll come back with Richard White. He is, by the way, one of our actual official Connecticut arts heroes, recently designated. And he'll be here to talk about the Coventry Art Guild after the break. Okay, we're back live here on the home front on Wednesday. Happy to have you with us. Uh, the last part of our program in a few minutes is going to focus on a recent meeting of the Arts, Culture, and Tourism Caucus of the state legislature as they start to plan the session and the arts funding for the next couple of years. And we have some nice audio to share with you at the end of the show, but right now we're going to focus on some time with Richard White. I've had Richard on the program several times before. He's from Coventry. He's the president of the Coventry Arts Guild, and I have to congratulate Richard and embarrass him because this winter he was nominated and won... Uh, a Connecticut Arts Award hero from the State Office of the Arts. So congratulations. I have a simulated crowd here, Richard. Oh, here, Thumbs here. up here, here. You but know, you've worked hard for a long time. Well, I say, you know, I say a better title I would be more comfortable with would be champion because I'm a member of a cha championship team. Uh, my right. Arts Guild and some of the other organizations I'm involved with are really responsible for heavy lifting and, and the things that we get done. And the other aspect is champion is also a verb, and that's what we do. We champion the arts, and uh, we, uh, we get the word out, and we put on programs. So uh, I'm, I'm honored and humbled. Uh, let's leave verb. it at that. You're a verb. <laughs> I think Buckminster Fuller's in the house. I seem to be a verb. Well, you know, the thing is, what Richard does is a lot of continuity year to year to keep projects on track, to help fill in the gaps sometimes, to kind of move things forward. But the team always needs that glue. Uh, so anyway, uh, after totally embarrassing them, now we're going to get down to the real stuff, which is they're already busy. There's a lot going on, and we're not going to waste any more time because you have some things and you have some artist opportunities do. that gives some funding for you guys. So, so I'm going to get rolling yep. in the month, like the month after Christmas. Christmas is kind of a quiet month, um, but we've been planning, and uh, we had our second. Uh, board meeting last night and we've got a, a whole series of programs ready to roll uh book binding workshop barbara timberman and kathy Leepak are both very accomplished uh book makers as well as writers um and they have a japanese stab book binding uh 
uh, workshop coming up uh, in uh, on two Sundays, a Sunday and a Saturday in March, mm -hmm. March 12th and March 25th. Everything that I'm going to talk about is on our website, by the right. way, That's CoventryArtsGuild.org, and it's a brand new website last year, and now we're just filling it up with new uh, new opportunities. You mentioned that so, last time. You got some funding, and so you we got really some did funding. A nice job. We re revamped it, and now we're put loading up new programming uh, for for the coming year. A few of them are like TBA to be announced, but we have uh, some of the titles up there. Um, this ukulele workshop that's being presented by Ruth. Uh, O'Neill at Song of Day Music in Coventry, that's April 15th. Uh, we have a writer's talk by Mary Romney Schaub. Uh, she's a, a gal who has written a, a, a memoir really based on her father's World War II experiences in a concentration camp in, in Germany. He was a, a merchant marine and he got wrapped into, uh, he got picked up in, the, in Italy and into the prison system and it's a, it's quite the story of a of man of color and the, um, under the American flag being uh, detained and four years or so uh, in a Nazi camp wow yeah so her book is that she's traveled around and uh, promoted her book so we're working on a late April date for her that'll come up on the web on the website um, and we're really interested this year writers are high priority for us we have about a half a dozen in our membership um, and we launched last year a Poets' Corner at our annual festival, and we're really eager to, to fill out our membership with yep. writers, yep. both as members and presenters of workshops. So uh, I keep coming back to presenters. We have lots of opportunities. If any of our listeners are um, craftspeople, artists, writers who are uh, experienced or interested in presenting workshops, we have a space available. It's a, a large community room, uh, and we've done we do several workshops every year, and we're looking to do more this year. We have state funding that allows us to uh, reimburse our artists, and uh, very uh, eager to to flesh that program out. So we have um, a few other workshops in the works, um, but those are the, the key ones: bookbinding, ukulele, a writer's talk, um, and there will be more. We're, uh, yeah. we're lining them up, but that's our spring sort of spring lineup, and all this information is on the website. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of groups around the region, uh, the spoken word, uh, poetry, uh, there seems to be a wave of that, where people want to yep. gather, they want to hear people talk and do Q&As. Indeed. Uh, and it's really nice to tap into that. Well, we're really um, expanding our what we call our writer's circle, um, and we uh, our annual... Arts on Main Festival came back after two years dark, right? Um, and we're already planning for this one, which is September sixteenth, yeah. um, yeah. in the fall on Main Street. We had almost a thousand people come out for that, for that last year. It was a wonderful, wonderful re reestablishment in the village. There's um, a delightful mob scene in downtown delightful Coventry. Mob scene. Yeah. There's live, there's live music, three yeah. different acts on stage. We had a vendors, arts and craft vendors market. Uh, and uh, children's activities, members exhibit at the, uh, for the guild members, and we inaugurated this Poets' Corner, uh, which was really our entree to the artist, uh, the writer's community, and yeah. uh, we're, uh, we're eager to, to build on that with some featured writers. So, uh, busy, busy year, but we're really excited to, to get rolling and get the pieces in order, and as I said, we have, uh, we have funding from the uh, Connecticut Manus and the uh, the town council in, the, in Coventry, right. so we have uh, we have money to money to spend for uh, talented people who want to 
you know, help us in initiate programs. This is a really good example of what's happening across the state with the Office of the Arts and Connecticut Humanities. They got funding and they're really going to the grassroots. They're getting money down to the local levels where people are close to home, a short drive away, and to give artists opportunities to train in their craft kind of primes the pump. And in the eastern part of the state where we are, they call it the quiet corner because a lot of organizations until recently, there weren't that many applications coming in. It was kind of quiet. So they made some noise the last couple of years saying, hey, there are opportunities that are passing by. And Richard was one of a handful that are beginning to submit applications. And you're opening the door for other local artists to train. And that's all about the arts economy. Well, those, that, yeah. that funding has, uh, has allowed uh, two years of that funding. It's channeled from the from the federal government through these state agencies, that's right. Has um, has allowed them to give seven hundred and almost seven hundred and fifty grants to small organizations, and there really is a press uh, to get this money to small organizations, who in turn pass it on to artists for working workshops, exhibitions, so on and so forth. In fact, just uh, today, uh, I was reading again about this HB six six nine two, which is the bill before the. Um, <coughs> This, uh, the Connecticut legislature for f to fund $58 million just to try and replace some of that m federal money which disappears this year. So in order the, the for the ARPA money, yep. Yes, the ARPA money. So in order for that kind of funding to continue, yep. um, our le legislators have a bill in, in, the, in the Commerce Committee right now, HB 6692. So tell your, fr your friends to, uh, to send letters to their legislature legislators and uh, Tell There's a hearing much. coming up, too, on the bill. It's currently going on. Yeah. Today was right the now. deadline for testimony, yeah. uh, unfortunately. But, yep. but you can still write to your legislator. Yeah. And uh, we got, uh, we got there was a, bill, a previous bill, uh, and we got our, our guy, Tim Eckert, uh, signed on as a co-sponsor. He I did. To, and I have to get, get back to him and make him move his co-sponsorship over right. to the new number yeah. on the bill. They keep changing them. Well, they do, because the session right now is underway, and it's a biennial budget, so they're juggling all these options and amendments right now. So bill numbers are going to change once in a while, but the idea of arts, culture, and tourism yeah. being a little coordinated is really efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really uh, excited about that, the possibilities of that, because that's how we would be able to get a comparable kind of funding, and all the organizations, 700 and, and some odd organizations uh -huh. have been funded under that ARPA yeah. uh, umbrella. You know, something else that the Richard mentioned that we'll talk about later in the spring is Make Music Day. You may know about it. It's an international celebration of music that began in France decades ago. And they've been doing it now for several years in Connecticut regionally. And it's on the solstice, uh, June 21st. And what we're doing between now and then is organizations and artists are signing up because they want to present that day. They want to play. It doesn't matter what you play. You can play a kazoo. You can play whatever you want. It's making music anywhere, anytime on the solstice day. And people will be able to find out where it's being made. And I'm sure besides Ruth O'Neill, there'll be other people doing this. Well, this is uh, Tim Ackert, or Tim, Tim Timberman. is yes. actually the fellow who's uh, mm -hmm. doing our piece. Uh, Ruth has a uh, Make Music Day tent at her shop. Mm -hmm. And ours is going to be set up in Creaser Park Pavilion. Uh, in Coventry, and if you go again, go to the website. That's there's, right. There's a sign up uh, where you can sign up to join the crowd at Make Music Day in Creaser Park. 
That's right. Yeah, we had Tim on the program a couple of weeks ago, actually. So think about the solstice. Plan to be around. There'll be a lot of cool music things happening that day. So, Richard, thanks for all the good work you're doing, and congratulations again on the award. And we'll look forward to having you back in the spring uh, to keep on and bring in some other folks it's next time, too. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Okay. So what we're going to do now, we're pretty much on time. Uh, I'm going to share some event news in a few minutes. But to save time, I'm going to go right to this audio recording. This is from the opening of a, of a meeting of the Arts, Culture, and Tourism Caucus. I was given permission to air this. It was a public meeting. But what they're going to talk about is you're, you're going to get to meet some of the legislators that are on committees that are supporting the arts. You'll get to know their names. They're going to talk about their concerns for the session that's about to begin. Somebody gives a brief overview of funding of the arts last year. So it's kind of a launching pad for the whole campaign that Richard talked about to improve the, the stability of arts funding. So we'll take a few minutes to hear the audio, but then we'll come back with some announcements to close, okay? Thanks again, Richard, for being here. Thank you. My pleasure, always. Okay. Hello, everyone, and uh, thank you for joining us today. This is the kickoff to our 2023 session and the kickoff to all the great work we are going to collectively do together in 2023 for arts, culture, and tourism for the state of Connecticut. For those of you who I have not had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Dorinda Bohr. I'm one of the state representatives from the great city of West Haven, and welcome you. And on this Zoom, we have both our legislators who are members of the Arts, Culture, and Tourism Caucus, some who are returning, some who have been newly elected, so we welcome them. And then we also have our industry stakeholders and individuals who have all been providing invaluable input to us along the way so that we can together move Connecticut forward. And then we also have our state agency leaders on the call who are all working hard um, in our government to move Connecticut forward as well. So um, I'm going to pass it over to my great co-chair who has been passionate in serving on this caucus for uh, quite some time, and that is Senator Heather Summers. Yes, good morning, or actually good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Senator Heather Summers. I have the privilege of representing the 18th district, which includes eight towns along the um, southeastern Connecticut shoreline and along the Rhode Island border. I'm well-versed in tourism. Um, I have the privilege of representing Mystic, which I believe is one of the number one tourist destinations here in the state of Connecticut. Passionate about tourism, I wanna welcome everyone to this caucus. Um, if you are new to this caucus, we're very excited that you're here with us today. If you have other colleagues that couldn't make this caucus, please make sure you share the information. We'd love to have them join us at a future caucus meeting. And we're excited to work together in a bipartisan manner uh, with industry stakeholders, with our um, administration uh, colleagues and DECD to really push forward tourism in the state of Connecticut. It's a great economic driver. Uh, we have so much to offer, so I'm really excited to get to work, and we will talk about a bill that we have proposed um, later in this presentation. If you're interested, we'd love to have you all co-sponsor and sign on. So I am going to turn it back over to Dorinda, who will introduce um, John Michael Parker. Sure. Uh, it's like volleyball, right? <laughs> um, but before I introduce uh, John Michael Parker, I, I know today we're going to talk about the path forward and where we're going, but I think it's important because we have so many new people just to do a quick recap of 2022 um, and the status and where we are today. So um, some of you have joined us, and for those of you who didn't, 
we held um, a large forum at the Science Center. It was the first of its kind um, this past year. And um, we had a, a panel, we had breakout sessions, we had a strategy, we had a facilitator that helped us really round up the, uh, the interest and the ideas and then produce a final report that really pointed to a lot of the goals of this caucus and of all, uh, all of us together. And I just wanna remind everybody of those goals quickly. Um, and they were to uh, provide equitable and inclusive uh, accessibility to funding to create a sustained and consistent funding stream because right now it fluctuates and it's unpredictable. Uh, develop uh, some sort of pooling of staffing that um, those who are struggling to find um, support and employees can maybe tap into. Uh, develop an effective tourism brand for Connecticut um, and the need for more synergy between arts, culture and tourism because they are interconnected but sometimes operate in silos. So using that platform, we were able to um, secure more funding last year, but we have a lot of work to do. And that's what we're gonna talk about today, the, the bill and, and other, um, other steps that we are gonna take. And uh, before I turn it over to John Michael Parker, I just wanna let you all know that um, John Michael Parker going forward is going to assume my role as co-chair um, and he will be co-chairing with uh, Senator Summers I had recently been appointed to CC meetings, which is the Connecticut's meeting convention and sporting events for Connecticut. So I'm staying in the arena in a leadership role, but we need to break out our roles. So um, he will take, be taking my role. I will be uh, continuing in the CC meetings role. He will be your point person. Um, and since I have the floor and I mentioned CT meetings, I just wanna make sure everybody knows what a great resource they are because I've learned so much about this organization. They're the organization that helps to recruit uh, conventions and sporting events to Connecticut, particularly impactful for our tourism. Um, they not only help to recruit, but they also can organize for you. So our hotels, our venues, entertainment, they can pull it all together. So please make sure you're aware of what resource they provide to all of you. So with that, I will hand it over to your new co-chair, uh, Representative John Michael Parker. Thank you, Representative Bohr. Thanks for your leadership of this group. Um, and uh, Senator Summers, I'm really grateful to get to serve with you in, in uh, this caucus. So uh, folks, thank you all for being here. We've got a, a hundred participants, which is thrilling. Um, we're not gonna take the time to go around and have every legislator say hello. Um, because we've got a lot of business to get to, but uh, I see, uh, as I briefly scan, Senator Cohen, Representative Garibay, um, who else is on this screen? I see on my next screen, Representative Palm, Representative Piscopo, Representative Dillon, Representative Cheeseman, Representative Cabros de Gras, Senator Marks, welcome, Representative Smith, Veach, uh, Raider, wow, this is an awesome group, Representative Kennedy, um, we are so appreciative of, of all of the legislative interest. And to that point, um, really the focus, Representative Farrar, Representative Horn, Representative Mesker, Steinberg, many that I'm sure I missed. The point of today's meeting and the audience is really primarily on legislators because we wanna talk about the kickoff here and our legislative action. Um, keeping with the tradition of this caucus, we've welcomed industry partners to listen in. Um, and we hope that uh, you'll do so and be able to have follow conversations with your legislators and other advocates going forward. But the primary audience of today's meeting is those legislators that I just referenced and everyone else that's here and is going to be joining because we want to share the incredible work that the industry has been doing. 
Um, and that's really the, the theme of my brief remarks, which is over the last couple of years, it's just been incredible to see the work really led by these uh, trio of advocacy organizations at Connecticut Arts Alliance, Connecticut Humanities, and Connecticut Tourism Coalition, and all of the different groups you're connected to. And to find that the industry has been working together, doing some deep and serious work um, to come up with a legislative proposal that we can all get behind has just been extraordinary. So I know many of the industry folks here know that because you maybe went to a listening session, you had a conversation with one of these folks, you know what the agenda is. So today we're really trying to share that with some legislators as we talk about uh, what we're trying to get done this session. And with that, I'm going to hand it right over to Jason Mancini, Dr. Mancini from um, Connecticut Humanities to introduce the consortium and uh, jump into your presentation. Great, thanks, John Michael. I uh, really appreciate your service and uh, Representative Boer, Senator Summers, thank you very much. And thank all of you for being here um, and contributing to the health and vibrancy of our sector. Um, I'm making this presentation on behalf of my colleagues, Brett Thompson from the Connecticut Arts Alliance and Frank Burns from the Connecticut Tourism Coalition. And we're gonna, we're gonna do sort of a high level overview of uh, what we're looking for in the sector, a um, little bit of a history lesson and uh, what our proposal is. So Amy, if you can share your screen, please. Um, just quickly, um, we've spent the better part of uh, the last year building on this roadmap as Representative Bohr mentioned, coming together um, last December uh, at a, a tourism summit, um, really beginning to think about what this means um, in terms of advocacy moving forward and the kind of funding that we really need to sustain the sector. Um, in order um, to really understand the real numbers here and, and who we are and how powerful we are, we are an aggregation of over a thousand uh, organizations and cultural attractions across the state. We represent 13% 13, over 13% 13 of Connecticut's uh, gross state product or $40 billion. And we are uh, direct or indirectly employing over 175,000 people. Our vision um, is a uh, healthy, vibrant and diverse cultural sector strengthened by robust tourism marketing um, that attracts visitors, businesses, um, spurs economic growth and supports a strong and growing workforce um, with that in mind, we, we are, it's really important that we think about the way that the, the state investments in recent years um, have really galvanized the sector. Um, and, and we wanna be able to build on these successes. So our goal here um, that we'll break out in a little bit is an investment of $58.5 million. And just to reiterate those key points from not just the tourism summit, Arts, Culture, and Tourism Summit, but also the work we did on this roadmap. It is clear from the 200 participants in the six listening sessions um, that people in our communities want meaningful, reliable, and equitable funding. So why now? Um, it comes back to this committee and to some earlier work um, with John Michael Parker. Um, with House Bill 6119 that was introduced uh, at the beginning of the last biennium. Um, and we saw a lot of energy forming around uh, the legislature and our communities sort of really looking to um, uh, increase the overall uh, funding investment in arts, culture, and tourism. Um, we, uh, 
we feel this is this is the right time. We have the right momentum um, that not only um, looks at the way our, our arts, culture, and tourism sectors are working together now for the first time. Uh, we're redirecting or proposing a redirection of um, tax allocations, um, and the timing is right for uh, this investment. This really, the, the, the outflow of House Bill 6119, and while it, it died in, in the legislative process, it was revived by the Appropriations Committee uh, in the form of a $30.7 million investment in Connecticut Humanities. Um, and the key, the key parts of that proposal that we made was really around operating support, giving organizations the ability to uh, not have to struggle, but to maintain sort of consistent operations. Um, we wanted to make sure that we are investing uh, in our digital infrastructure, uh, IT support, um, and as well as connecting with our K-12 educators and students who really struggled through the pandemic. Um, we had tremendous um, uh, engagement. Uh, through this fund, uh, in our first year, um, we awarded 624 grants to arts and humanities organizations around the state. This year, we saw over an 80, uh, another significant increase to 724 organizations, including uh, 100, representing 148 towns and two tribes. Um, part of the importance of uh, the cultural fund has been that we are able to collect a tremendous amount of data to demonstrate the value of the state investment. Um, we can centralize this, we can report back to the legislature. Um, it's, it's a way of uh, maintaining a level of accountability and transparency for state government, uh, as well as how our tax dollars are being spent. And we feel like we've been very productive uh, in this, we've had amazing partners with the Connecticut Office of the Arts um, who have worked closely with us in a uh, public-private partnership. And in our colleagues nationally, this is seen as very much a model for how government should work with the private sector. I am not going to step on tourism too much here other than to signal important changes uh, in the investment structure there. Um, and some important returns on investment as well. So we'll move through this. Um, tourism has their own set of slides they would like to share. Um, but as Representative Bohr uh, mentioned, we had that tourism summit. Um, it's clear uh, that our constituents uh, and our legislators recognize that more equitable, inclusive, and accessible funding is a key, uh, consistent and sustained state funding in our, in our sector. Um, building an effective tourism brand and also seeing the way in which arts, culture, and tourism are working together. Um, very much uh, building on our past successes. Um, this, is, this is a new day for Connecticut, and we're really excited about it. Okay, so that was a very nice excerpt from the opening of a special meeting of the Arts, Culture, and Tourism Caucus of the State Legislature. To, to give you a, a whole idea of the strategy, that after many years of having these three tracks work independently and sometimes competitively, they had realized that they need to come together and collaborate and design collectively, and they're trying to get their funding with that new frame of reference. And they talked about bills that are underway to achieve some of these goals. As of today, at least on February 22nd, you want to follow House Bill number 6692 
which is in the Commerce Committee, House Bill 6692. And we'll track this bill and have some other legislative guests later in April after the session kind of wraps up towards May. But they're looking at it. They're trying to do more with what we have. And they're trying to find ways for the state to make up for some of the federal money that's about to expire. Okay, I want to share some arts news for you as well. The Breadbox Folk Series continues uh, on Sunday, March 5th. Hugh Blumenfeld is there with Faithful Sky, and also is Kayla Farnham. That's 4 p.m. in the sanctuary at St. Paul's Church, uh, 220 Valley Street in Willimantic. It's a beautiful place to go. Musicians love to play there. That's Sunday, March 4th. They're always Sundays at 4 p.m. Go to the website for more information and tickets for the whole season, breadboxfolk.org, breadboxfolk.org. I have some theater news for you. Uh, the Bradley Playhouse is underway with their new season. They're about to open The Girl on the Train on February 24th through March 5th. This is based uh, on the novel and the film, which you may have seen. We had some of the people from the cast here a few weeks ago when they were getting ready to go. They were filling rehearsals. It should be a really cool story, kind of creepy, psychological suspense, like where did this woman go? And it's going to be at the Bradley Playhouse. Just go to their website. You'll find out the entire season, thebradleyplayhouse.org, and you can enjoy local theater. One more note while I have time. This is for the folks at Eastern Connecticut. They have a wonderful arts program, and they have a change in their schedule for their newest performance coming up of The Nether. N-E-T-H-E-R. They've had to change their date slightly. They had planned for uh, February 28th and March 1st. Those performance dates were canceled very recently, just mentioning that to you. So they're going to open on Thursday, March 2nd at 5.30. They'll also be Friday, March 3rd at 11 a.m. and in the evening at 7.30. And then Saturday the 4th at 7.30. The last show, Sunday the 5th at 4 p.m. And you can just go to Eastern for more information. This is at the Fine Arts Instructional Center in the uh, Del Monte Bernstein Studio Theater. And if you go to easternct.showware.com, you'll get all the ticket information. They have great facilities. They're working with some very interesting staging of this story. It should be really cool. And they want you to know that the show's going on beginning March 2nd. Okay, I have one more to go, uh, two more to go. TasteToTowns.com is the website. We had some people here recently. That's going on until March 5th. It started a couple days ago. Mansfield and Wyndham have many restaurants coordinating a special campaign, special menus. Some of them are breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But it's all about supporting local restaurants, unusual food. So go to TasteToTowns.com. You have a whole list of all the restaurants and what the food offerings are. So it's going to be a nice celebration until March 5th. The last thing we have is the Liberty Program, which is happening at the America Museum. And these are stories about people who made significant contributions to our history from our region. People here hundreds of years ago who did amazing things. And the next one's coming up focusing on Colonel Dyer and Colonel Elderkin. These guys were attorneys during the Revolutionary Period. Uh, I know one of them was involved with the gunpowder factory, which makes it pretty exciting, thinking about colonial days. But these guys did a whole lot in our history, and the Liberty Program brings their story out. The next one's February 27th, and it's going to be at 47 Crescent Street uh, in Willimantic, and that's going to be at 4 p.m. So they'll have a gathering there on the 27th. 
Okay, so that's it for this week. Thanks for sharing some of your time. If you'd like to get involved, send me announcements. Join me in the studio here. We're always willing to have you come in board. John at Human Arts Media is the email, and we'll see you next time.